Welcome to another episode of the Retro Craptacular Podcast, where each month we are continuing our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your humble host, Aaron, and I am joined once again by Matt. Thank you, thank you. We are Canadian. I don't know if everyone necessarily knows that. Is a true that fact to the show, but we are Canadian, and we are celebrating 150 years of Canada this year and so we thought we should do a canadian movie and so i looked at so many canadian movies uh to try and find one yeah. are there any uh, that would fit any honorable mentions here okay we i almost did a movie called gooby which <laughs> was i'm already sold uh a, a movie about a kid's teddy bear that comes to life oh boy and uh, it looks absolutely awful um but there's it's been done on a couple of bad movie podcast kind of things already um and then i was looking at there's two kinds of movies that that canadians make like real intense like coming of age dramas often in french oh yeah or raunchy sex comedies like Porky's, oh, how to plan an orgy in a small town. I'm not familiar with that one. A movie called Young People Fucking. That's straightforward. <clears throat> Very on the nose. Uh, so I looked at all kinds of stuff, or or movies about hockey, inspirational movies about hockey. Oh, of course, yeah. Those are the three categories of Canadian movies. And in, like, the 80s, we did a bunch of, like, slasher movies and stuff, like Prom Night. The original Prom Night was Canadian, which I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that either. And the original My Bloody Valentine was also Canadian. Uh-huh. Um, so I thought about doing one of those, but then I found out... Oh, I also looked at Score, the hockey musical. But I had already seen that, and I know that it's not very good. Ah. And I would wanted to do something that I had never seen before also. And then I found out that in 2014, there was a slasher movie musical starring Meatloaf. It was 100% Canadian funded, shot in Ontario. And I thought that just fits so well with everything that we strive for here on this show. <clears throat> so I went with that. Yeah, I'll... I remember you uh, pitching this to me for our next episode, and all I really remember was musical and meatloaf and something about horror. I was yeah. totally in. Yeah, because originally we were going to watch uh, an Australian movie, and then I was like, you know what? We should probably watch something Canadian for this for this episode since, yeah. you know, Canada 150, everyone's making a big deal about it. It's really, really tacky. You know, everywhere you go, you can buy shit with flags, Canadian flags all over it. Oh, yeah. So All my neighbors' banners of, uh, of flags and everything. I'm I'm so glad that it's mostly over now. Now we just have to deal with the half-price, all-fall Canada swag uh-huh. for the yeah. next couple of weeks. That'll be going on for a while. Yeah. Uh, so without further ado, this month we watched Stage Fright. All of life's a song to sing, so sing. I have to get dressed. We can't do this now. (laughs) 
welcome to Limelight. I think about mom a lot. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. You actually want to compete with those theater geeks? Those kids aren't normal, Ken. Artie will be announcing this summer's Limelight production. Blessing of the Opera! Your mother's role. She would be proud. What is at the heart of haunting? A love story of It's about covering. Covering up who you really are. There has been an accident. Maybe there's somebody out there that really doesn't want him to put on this play. Cam, do you think this is connected to your mom? Isn't it wrong to sing and dance when someone just died? Camilla, where are you? There's a killer in the theater! So, Stage Fright, as we explained, was a, a horror slasher musical which stars Meatloaf. And I don't think we'll get too much into the plot because there's not a whole lot of plot that happens. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't a lot of plot. There wasn't a lot of dialogue. There wasn't too much singing. No, there was definitely back, not enough musical numbers yeah, in this musical. Yeah, and I'm thinking back, think, uh, just wondering what happened in this movie to make it as long as it was. At, at times, it's like, yes, this is a horror. Some stuff yeah. went down. Oh, yeah. I was legitimately like, grossed out Oh, there's from some the horror. gnarly kills. And like, that um, impressed me. Yeah, the first kill is is awesome. So it's, it opens on a, a stage show. You don't you don't know it's a stage show right away, but we both figured it out pretty fast. Yeah, a guy getting stabbed and wanders out, and a woman sort of sees him, and then she goes no, and then you're like, ah, okay. yeah, yeah, and confirms it's, that it's, it's a stage production. It's a show called The Haunting of the Opera, uh, and yeah, so it's the... a big Broadway show. It's opening night. Uh, the the lead actress is played by Minnie Driver. Which we looked up what she was in. Like I know she was the voice of Jane in the Tarzan, the Disney Tarzan, and she was in Princess Mononoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Lady she was in a live action thing too. Oh shoot! Yeah, I forget now. I, I totally recognize yeah. her face. Like I've seen her in a, in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Minnie Driver is such a recognizable name. And I'm just totally drawing a blank on what she's in. After after watching so many old, really crappy bottom of the barrel movies, seeing seeing like a legitimate actress up on the screen, I was like, oh, this is throwing me for a bit of a loop. So uh, this could be a really good Oh, Goodwill Hunting. She was in Goodwill yes, Hunting. Yes. Um and something else. But so anyway, she gets murdered in her dressing room uh after the Oh, oh, no, she's in the movie of of Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's yes, what it was. Right, that's what it was. And so the, the play that the plot kind of centers around is called The Haunting of the Opera mm-hmm, and it yeah. is a very obvious She's she's like the diva uh, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's not the, the main one. No, no, she's not the main girl. She's the she's the diva who Someone does something to her spray throat stuff, and her voice gets really low. It's very embarrassing. But anyway, oh right, on. yeah. Um, Poor Minnie. So she's got two kids, twins, a uh, boy and a girl, Buddy and Camilla, 
and her she's in a relationship with Meatloaf, who is in this movie with a mustache. Very thick. Like a cop like mustache. Like a thick walrusy, yeah, cop good. mustache. It's pretty good. Um, not like Tom Selleck good, but no, nothing is Tom Selleck good. That's though. true. Um, Why did I even bring it up? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Meatloaf P.I. will not be on the air anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> Although I would watch it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so she's in a relationship with him. And uh, so after the show, she's in her dressing room and her kids come and say hi to her. And they're like, oh, mom, you did so great. Blah, blah, blah. Daughter goes out onto the stage to sing to the empty theater. Yeah, because her mom is like her, her idol. She's her idol. She looks up to her. And while she's doing that... The murderer, wearing the costume of the Phantom from the show, uh, enters her dressing room. And at first she thinks it's her lover. But then he stabs her in the throat a couple of times. Right in the throat, yeah. Right in the throat. So she starts to scream and then it hits yeah. her throat. It's gruesome. And then one right down her mouth, leaves the knife in her mouth. It's like sticking out. And, like, smashes her head into the mirror. And she's dead. Oh, yeah. It killed her. Way dead. Go figure. Yeah. And then you jump ten years later, and her daughter is, uh, well, how old would you say they are in this? Like, 18? Uh, yeah, I th- I think so. Like they, 18, they... 19? Something like that. They're pretty young. And yeah, they, And they actually look pretty young. Yeah, which is do. nice for teenagers in a movie. You know, like you watch like the original Spider-Man, you're like, why are these 34-year-olds in high school? Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So they actually look really young. The girl actually, I thought she looked a lot like a young Lindsay Lohan. I don't know, you you brought up someone else. Yeah, uh for some part of her face, I think it was like her her nose or something. Part of her face which reminded me of a uh, uh shoot. Girl plays Robin in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. Uh, Colby Smulders. Yes. Well, they are both Canadian, so... Oh. So, just the Canadian face. Yeah, it's this Canada face. She has it, eh? Um, Nothing... It's not... The movie isn't set in Canada, which I didn't realize. Where was it set? I didn't even... I don't know. I assume... Think about it. Well, they want to get back to Broadway in New York, and I assume that the camp is in, like, the Catskills or something like that. Oh yeah, like upstate New York or something mm-hmm. along those lines. <clears throat> so, I just apologize in advance. My my throat is not uh, agreeing with me today. So if I sound kind of spooky, sexy, it's it's uh, not by design. But I'm gonna roll with it. But it is appreciated. Oh yes. Uh, so they, is, uh, I guess Meatloaf has adopted that. What's his name? Like Ron or something like Roger? that. Roger. Roger. I think his character was Roger, but mm-hmm. you know what? Just call him Meatloaf. Mr. Loaf. That's what I thought every time I saw him. On yeah, because it's Meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, Meatloaf has not produced a show on Broadway since that murder happened, and said he's opened a camp for theater kids to come to yep. in the summer it's like a theater musical theater camp and that's kind of our first big musical number is all the kids arriving at this camp yeah singing about how 
they're free to be themselves because they're they're all like the weird artsy kids. Yeah, they love being at this camp because they can you know express, express themselves, themselves and, and not get bullied. One guy is saying about how he's gay, but not in that way. Musicals make him feel a certain way, um, but he loves women, as he likes to remind everyone. But he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's uh, himself. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And then there's the little girl with the lisp. Um, oh my gosh, that was really good. She's so like adorable. singing about uh, all the all the things, all the things that, that she's, that she's working, working on, on. Yeah. and of course they all have a lot of s's in them. Yeah. And then at the end she goes, "And I'm working on my lisp," and it was really cute. Yeah, that was a good musical number. I really dug that one. Yeah, I. I it, it, my it, expectations kind of mm-hmm. well, they came up a bit. After oh yeah, that it was like. We had this opening scene. I was like, oh, Minnie Driver, cool. Oh, super gruesome murder. Oh, actually good musical number involving children actors. And I was like, oh, this is this is shaping up pretty dandy. Yeah. So expectations are high. Mm-hmm. We're introduced to the creepy redneck groundskeeper uh, who becomes a a suspect throughout part of the movie. Uh, it's not made clear who the killer is. Yeah, there's an element of mystery about the yeah, whole thing, of which course. is kind of nice. Uh, and it sort of plays homage. The movie's really good at playing an homage to musicals. Uh, there's a, a lot of different uh, sort of melodies that they borrow from big musicals. Jesus Christ Superstar yeah, was one of them. The Jesus Christ Superstar. Who in the hell do you think you are? They borrowed that one. And then there was a Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yeah. Phantom her her audition song, Camilla's uh, audition song, was a Phantom of the Opera tune as well. Yeah, I'm, I was trying to remember the name of it, and I can't quite. Can you hum it? Oh, or it, was, it was Music of the Night. Right. It was ripping off Music of the Night, and that's what it was. Paying homage. Paying homage, not ripping off. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was all very intentional. Yeah, no, it very. Yeah. Yeah. Even, you know, haunting of the opera. Like, it's not... Yeah. You know, they weren't trying to they don't, be secretive. They're not that. burying the lead. Yeah. They're putting it right on Front Street. So, Camilla and her brother are the only two kitchen staff? In the entire in the camp. In the entire camp. Full of so many yeah. theater kids. And so, they're in the kitchen, and they're, they spill a can of tomato sauce... And Meatloaf comes in and gets real mad at them for making a mess. And Camilla kind of has like a shrine to her mother in the uh, in the fridge, like the fridge door you or know, the pantry it, door. It looked like a fridge. Yeah. It had to be a pantry, though. Yeah. Like, why would you put a picture inside of a fridge with like a, like a uh, like a curtain almost, kind of lo- bordering? Oh yeah, yeah, maybe it look all like, fancy. Like a and stuff. scarf that she'd hung up to kind of make it look like a curtain and had like a photo fo- the photo that her mother signed for her on opening night saying like always sing and follow your dreams. Something something sing, like that. Sing with all your heart. I don't know. So Camilla decides that that uh well, first Artie Artie gets the douchey director of the new play announces that the play, the show that they're going to be mounting is Haunting of the Opera, uh, which they, uh, you know, haven't done in 10 years because it was, you know, the last show that 
uh roger did on on broadway and uh they're gonna do it uh set in feudal japan and they're all gonna be wearing kabuki masks yeah or as one of the guys calls them bukkake masks because which is brilliant. gross um and then uh camilla decides that she's gonna audition for the show. Yeah, at first her and her brother are like really shocked and appalled mm-hmm. at this play, you know, that their mother got murdered after starring in is going to be happening. But then she decides to go for it to try to get the part that her mother had. Yeah. Just the part of... had that, that part inside of her that wanted to be on the stage like her mom, right? Which yeah. she probably buried for a long time after the whole murder thing went down. Yeah, I can see how that would kind of put you off the whole stage thing. I mean, the movie is called, you know, Stage Fright. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is not really ever addressed in the movie at all. Yeah, one person so, says Stage Fright. Once. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. Uh, so, yeah, then the rest of the movie is, is really, like we said, not a lot happens. There's <clears throat> Camilla auditions. She gets the part. But only kind of. Only kind of. There's... The other, like, girl who thought she was going to be the obvious lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz. Who makes a comment, because, like, douchey director, bozo, jackass. Already gets. Already gets it in the end. Oh! Yes, he does. I hate him. Yeah. I was disgusted by his character. Oh, and you're supposed to be. Yeah, he gives himself the lead role. Directors shouldn't be yeah. acting in their own... That's... He gives himself the lead role on a stage play. Like movies, there's a very there's a lot of flexibility there. But... He's an egotistical douche. Yeah, and then the girl who's uh, shooing for the lead like makes a comment about how he gave himself the role, role the lead role because he likes to kiss her. Yeah, she's like, you probably just wanted to make out with me again. Yeah, which is kind of like, um, disgusting. Yeah. He's a gross, creepy perv. And so anyways, the two of them get, both get cast uh, because there's going to be two productions. There's opening night and then another show the night after. But the scouts from New York are coming on opening night. Yeah, and douchey butt sniff is not telling them which is going to be which. And so a lot of the a lot of the struggle, for the, for the most part, the plot is... Is the struggle of who's going to be, who's going to be the lead, lead on opening, opening night. night. Like for yeah, the, for the middle part of the movie, that's the struggle. And basically, director Douchey McFartblossom makes it pretty clear that he's going to give it to whoever puts out the most. Yeah, like it's it's real creepy. Like after the first rehearsal, he invites uh, Camilla into his dressing room, whips out a couple of martinis. That were just sitting in his closet in like a tiny diorama of a stage. Yeah, he pulls out this little stage and then he he, he goes to pull the cord and he says, tension. And then he pulls it and says, and release. And I'm just like, wow, this guy needs to get kicked in the balls. Yep. Uh, And then just immediately starts trying to make out with her. And she's like, whoa, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, I just figured. She's like, oh, right, because we have to kiss in the show. Duh. Yeah, and, she, and then she, but she's like, you but know, obviously like, taken aback by it. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't we save it for the stage or something yeah, like that? Yeah, save, I wanted to. Uh, save it for the moment. Save the magic. Save the magic something for the moment. Like, yeah. yeah. And then he just like 
acts like she's done something wrong. Yeah. Like, so, so bad. I hate this. I You, got, yeah. you have to talk about it. Okay. So, this kind of goes back and forth, back and forth. Like, she walks in. Uh, she's late for rehearsal one day, and she walks in, and Artie and Liz are just, like, making out uh, during rehearsal. And he kind of is like, mm, you were late. And then, so then it kind of goes back and forth with them singing uh, this number. And it's kind of like a musical montage of, like, both of them rehearsing the lead part and also doing more and more sexual things with Artie in his dressing room. And I guess to the point where Camilla is in the dressing room with Artie and he is just gonna go for it. Yeah, making out gets horizontal. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, can't do this. I'm not ready. Um... I think she says, like, I, it's not that I don't want to. I just, I want to wait for the right night, like, after opening night. And he's, like, whatever. And, like, does up his pants and walks out. And then she's, like, wait. Oh, yeah. He's, he he tells her that that uh, he thought she might have what it takes right. to be a star. But apparently not. Not. Because what being a star means is sleeping to get ahead in Artie's mind. Yeah, well, and probably also in show business. Well, I'm, I'm sure it happens, yeah, but we don't condone that. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so, as he's leaving, she's like, wait. He comes back in. She takes off her shirt. They start going at it. And then we see, like, the door open. And we get, like, a POV shot of someone peering in. And for whatever reason, once again, Camilla's like, I can't do this. Yeah, she backs out. She backs out. She's like, I'm going to go back to my room. Or are you going to be mad if I go back to my room now? And he goes, mm, I don't know. Are you going to be mad if I give Liz the part on opening night? And she's like, whatever. Leaves. And Artie's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about me. I'll lock up. And... That's when he gets it. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of suspects that we should throw out there. Uh, there is uh, the, 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 groundskeeper, the groundskeeper who doesn't say anything. He does in the not whole have movie. a single line. He just kind of looks like a creepy or yeah. filch. Which was the one thing that I was, that made me think like, Oh, he is the killer, maybe because he was—he's too obvious to be the killer. Yeah, so right like, away. So like, I'm like, oh, he's—he's not he's a clear red herring. But then you never hear him say anything, but you do hear the killer singing. And so I'm like, okay, oh, so we don't know what his voice sounds like. So, so even, even though it, our first instinct was, oh, it's obviously not him, there was still that little bit of doubt. Yeah, which I—I really enjoyed that the, about the movie. And the killer sings like Axl Rose. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> like. It's every time the killer's singing, it's like heavy metal, 80s heavy metal rock and roll uh, music, and he's singing like Axl Rose, and it's, yeah. it's pretty great. It's incredible. I think. So you're like, all right, well, maybe it could be the groundskeeper. Uh, the next 
the next suspect is Josh Justin. Jeff. No. Jeff. John. Hmm. Were you right the first time? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I can't. Joshua. Jared. Jared. I don't know. Uh, begins with Jared. a. Let's call him Josh. Let's call him Jared. Jared. Uh, he is. Call him Muffler Kid. <laughs> yeah, he's in an ep- two episodes of Corner Gas. Yeah, just uh, just to throw that out there, I recognized him as an extra from Corner Gas, and yeah. made me very happy. Um, so he he's in love with Camilla, and he has a couple lines during one of the songs about how he's. Wants uh, wants wants to make uh, her his, but also like yeah, wants to make sure that Artie doesn't make her Artie's. Yes, like he's very much opposed to Artie imposing himself sexually mm-hmm. on her, and so he's he's in charge of rigging uh, the lights and everything, and so he's in the uh, he's he's setting up the lights in one scene, and in the next scene, when Artie kind of goes out onto the stage. The the spotlights start dropping and almost hit him. Yeah, this is a- after after um, after Camilla, Camilla has yeah pushed him away. Yeah, um, and so uh, the killer comes out on stage and oh, one of the lights falls and the clamp kind of like stabs into his foot. Yeah, and, and keeps it pinned to the pinned stage. to the stage so we can't move. And then uh, the killer comes out wearing. The phantom costume, the kabuki mask, and the the robe, uh, and like wild black yeah, hair, the wild wig. wiry black hair that's in the in the show that's set in feudal Japan. Uh, and you wrote down all the one liners and stuff, right? Yeah. So he pulls out some like crazy saw blades, and um, oh, it gets it gets so gruesome what he does. The first thing he does is just slowly start to push Artie over. Yeah. Because his foot is clamped down. And it's just like, we get this shot of, it looks like the foot is just starting to break because it's, he you can't bend down that far. Yeah. With his foot flat on the ground, right? And then he kind of like lets him back up a little bit and Artie kind of has that moment of relief. And then the killer says, break a leg! And then kicks him and part of his foot breaks off. Yeah, so like the front half of his foot gets ripped off, and he starts crawling towards a, a trunk labeled swords, which we did see in a previous yeah, scene. We were and like, "Huh, there's just a t- trunk that says swords." Got to make sure because, you know where yeah. your sword trunk is. Got to have out on stage all of the time. Yeah, but then the killer grabs him and shoves a lamp into his mouth like it's just a, a lamp it's a light bulb, light bulb on, a on a lamp stand with no lampshade or anything <clears throat> just kind of like jams his mouth onto it turns it on and i guess the glass breaks and he gets electrocuted to death somehow yeah his face got all fried up mm-hmm. but then in the next scene uh you hear that some of the campers talking and they say that they found Artie gets in pieces all over the stage. So probably some nasty stuff happened to him. Yeah, and, uh, and later, later, someone does actually find his head in a dumpster. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was definitely cut to pieces like, mm-hmm. after death. 
So then Meatloaf gives a rousing song. This is like the second song in the movie, and we're like an hour in, over an hour in. Well, yeah, it was like the second actual musical sounding song. It, it's the second. Well, because I mean, they're singing in the the musical yeah, when the, they're like the rehearsing play. for the play, but then there's also singing in real life, quote unquote, in the movie world. They'll just break into song sometimes. Yeah, but not super often. But not that often. It's very weird. Uh, so then they start singing about how the show must go on. And everyone's going, yay, the show will go on. We just won't tell anyone that the director got murdered until after opening night. Because the show must go on. And, and here, yeah, and here is just the the weirdest... And biggest oversight of the entire movie is that the director was also the lead man. Mm-hmm. And... It's never addressed who takes his part. No. They Ever. Just, they just, like, have... They show a few scenes of the play going on. Yeah. And there's no one taking the lead male part, apparently. Yeah. Uh, or I guess the Phantom is technically the lead male part, but, you know, like the... Yeah, the... The love interest. Alfonso. That, yeah. Yeah. I wrote it down in all caps. Who is playing Alfonso? Because <laughs> it, yeah, Apparently it's no. never, it's never addressed. And so then the killer, uh, just proceeds to whack everyone in the cast, uh, during the during the show while it's going on. Every time they come off stage, he uh, he murders them. He murders the guy, or he murders the costume girl. Yeah, the costume girl who like keeps all of her pins in like a mannequin head as her as her pin cushion. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone like the the guy who's playing the Phantom in the in the play. Uh, the guy who's who's oh, gay, but gay, but not in that way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't pick up on that because how she dies. Yeah. yeah, and so he he goes in there and he's wearing his mask. He can't quite see who's in there, but it's the killer, and he takes off his mask, and then he sees the costume girl with a bunch of nails stuck in her yeah. skull. And then, like, just before he screams, the uh, killer turns him around and says, Nailed it! Yeah. In in a high-pitched voice. Like, he's not exaggerating when he does that. That's actually how he talks. Like, like he's in a hair metal band or yeah. something. Like, he's... he's Limousine! Like he's, yeah, he's talking the way, like, an a 80s cock rocker would sing. That's the way he talks. It's amazing. And then he stabs him with scissors and says, how's that for a quick change? Yep. Which I guess kind of works. I guess so. And then he, yeah, like, stomps on him so the scissors go further through him. Yeah. Well, because the guy was coming in and he's like, where are you? This is my quick change. I need help. And then, yeah, the killer gets him. And he gets uh, Liz. Oh, no. He gets the blonde chick who is like... We haven't really mentioned her, but she's not really in it a whole bunch. She's like a, a supporting character, and she was helping uh, Camilla. Camilla with all like the tricks of the trade, like the vocal cord spray and like turning the shower on in your dressing room so that it gets all steamy so that at any point in the show you can just go in there and moisten your vocal cords, which I guess is a thing, and like eating honey and that sort of thing. So uh, she's in there steaming up her vocal cords and... He sneaks on sneaks in, sneaks on the in, and melts her face in the shower. Yeah, he says. Uh, he stabs her a bunch too, doesn't he? Let me help you warm up. Yeah, and sticks her head in the shower, which 
I guess was scalding hot. Yeah, I guess so. he slashes her though too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the, fin- the finishing move is is more in to do with the stabbing and slashing of the razor blade thing that he was holding. Yeah, it's like a disc with sharp metal edges, like blades on it. Kind of looks like a saw blade, but it has like like brass knuckles that are like a saw blade that you can use for like slashing and stuff. I love how you did all of the hand motions for that description. Yeah, obviously they got to do the hand motions so people know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um. Uh, so she's dead, and then uh, Liz is going to get some Carrie-esque revenge on Camilla during her solo by dumping a bucket of red paint on her. But the killer grabs her and duct tapes up her mouth and puts her in costume and like ties her up so that she can only like hop and then pushes her out on stage in the in the phantom costume she's got the mask on in the phantom costume she got the mask on so no one knows it's her and then probably like the best comedy bit in the whole movie is that scene where the conductor doesn't know what to do because the phantom missed his cue so camilla just kind of had to like back off stage awkwardly and then the phantom gets pushed out and the the stage manager is like play something like play anything and so they start playing like comedy music yeah Yeah. and like uh well at one point he just kind of like turns and like points at the the vibraphonist with his I think it was a marimba. Mar- whatever. It's no big deal. Whatever. And he's like, he just like starts playing like, he's like, and then moves in. He's like, like moves it down. And he's like, shaking, he's like shaking, shaking, shaking his, shaking his, uh, his, his baton. Wand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, so that, that was great. That was probably the funniest part and of the whole scene, movie. And that scene takes a long time. It goes so for, long. For the music to actually start up. And, and then, the, the and marimbist then, or whatever. Yeah. And, Oh my we cut back to that, and what we could, like the, the stage manager just like puts on like a Japanese like uh, one of those like triangular hats that you see like farmers wearing when they're like working in rice paddies and stuff like that. To, like, exactly what it makes me think of. Yeah, keep the sun off you. In the race. I don't. I don't know exactly what they're made out of or what they're called, but you know, one of those. And proceeds to do a really weird, awkward dance. With Liz in the uh, Phantom costume for the next like half hour, yeah. It, however we long that went on, continually we, we cut, away cut with it, back but... to it. Yeah. Though, like, so there'll be like a chase going on where Camilla's being chased by the killer, and then we'll just cut back to this happening, and it's still going, and the Broadway scout is just sitting there. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I got to get out of here. And then they'll cut back to, like, more murder happening and all kinds of stuff. So, eventually, Camilla uh, finds the killer in the kitchen with the knife. Uh, Yeah, and after he's killed a bunch of these active people, he actually knocks. I was trying to make a clue joke. Oh, sorry, I totally interrupted you. No. Would you like to finish? No, I did. It just didn't come off that well. No, I didn't. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's knocked out Meatloaf and yeah. uh, dragged him over to the kitchen. Yeah. And uh, started uh, 
you know, singing at him. Yeah, and actually, like, pulls out an electric guitar at one point. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite. He gets out his knife, and then he stabs it into the neck of an electric guitar, and then starts soloing. Yeah. It's freaking incredible. And that's when Camilla walks in, and he's, like, holding the guitar, and he just stops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so it's revealed that the killer is her brother. Her twin brother. Which we totally called. Yeah, we saw it coming. We were, like, it has to be someone that doesn't want the show to go on. And, you know, there's a couple of people, but the one that is the most motivation would be her brother. Because he would be messed up from having his mom murdered. And what we didn't guess, because we were like, it can't be Meatloaf. Because that would be another thing that's, like, too obvious. Kind of to have Meatloaf. And also, why would he be sabotaging his own show? Yeah, it wouldn't make it sense. Doesn't, there's no motivation there. And it can't be... Groundskeeper Willie, because oh, just two yeah. on the nose, yeah. Still, right, like have the creepy guy, and then the guy who's in love with Camilla, like has motivation to kill Artie, but no yeah, one else. but no one else. So he's like a pretty nice guy. He's just a little weird. Yeah. yeah, and plus he keeps trying to um get Camilla out of the show. Like he's like, you can't do the show. There's a murderer here. People have been murdered. Don't do the show. Is probably going to try and murder more people. And no one and listens to him. And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to do the show. Even though someone was just murdered. Yeah. but Like, you know. just murdered the but day then before. He, but Meatloaf sang a song, so everyone yeah, so it's fine. forgot about that. It's fine. Uh, so the brother actually witnessed uh, his mother murdered. Yeah, with something we didn't see coming. No. That's why he's so That's, traumatized. Yeah. He actually become the murderer. It makes it way more compelling. And the reason he's trying to kill Meatloaf is because Meatloaf was the one that murdered his mother because she was having an affair with the New York Times uh, play critic. Yep. And so he murdered her. Yeah, we go back to the scene where she got murdered and mm-hmm. we see little Buddy, what was his name? Buddy, yeah. Little Buddy, like near the coat rack or whatever, inside her dressing room. And she's like, oh, no, Lionel or whatever. Uh, Leonard? Leonard something. something like, I think, yeah. Like... Roger will be back. He'll he'll discover us, and then the guy in the mask is like, "I've already discovered you." And he stabs her in the throat a bunch. And she's like, "Roger!" Yeah, and then the whole murder thing happens right in front of him. Yeah, like so disgusting. And then Meatloaf is like, "Your mother had an accident, and you're not going to say anything to anyone." Yeah, he he gets real abusive real quick. Yeah, starts slapping the kid around, and so for ten years. I guess Buddy's been plotting his revenge. Uh, but, of course, Meatloaf gets free and stabs Buddy a bunch till he's dead and then yeah. chases Camilla around. Uh, they end up in an old wood shop, and she grabs a skill saw. He's he's about to try and kill her. He grabs her. She grabs a skill saw, and she, like, pushes into his chest and pulls the trigger, but he's... Or it's not plugged in. Yeah. And that's when we see Josh. Sure. Sure. Josh. Uh, The guy who's in love with her comes in and he's like, huh, I could stop this or I could just plug in the cord right now. (laughs) So he plugs in the cord and then she saws him up to death. That's pretty gruesome. It's pretty nasty. It's awesome. His intestines kind of fall out. And the... 
The saw stays stuck in him and stays going, even though she lets go of the trigger. But yeah, I'm willing to, confusing. I'm willing to just go with it because it's pretty nasty and it's pretty awesome. It was pretty darn nasty. Yeah. And then he uh, just unplugs the thing. Just on the saw stops, and then a very traumatized Camilla is like slowly backing up from this nastiness. Yeah. Um, but this was actually like part of the 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 stage making um, area. Yeah, that's side stage. Yeah, so she backs out onto the stage where Liz is still there. <laughs> she's singing at this point, um, or she? I think she's just stopped singing. Yeah, she kind of just finishes. And then someone accidentally tripped over the wire of the red paint that she had put on there, and right. gets a taste of her own medicine. Gets oh yeah, she push she pushes the stage manager off the stage because he starts singing with her, and she's like, "This is my solo bitch," and pushes him off the stage, and he trips over the thing, gets the red paint dumped on her, a la Carrie, and mm-hmm. then kind of like falls down, and as Camilla runs onto the stage, and she's like covered in blood and looks horrified, and then. Groundskeeper Willie gives her a standing ovation. Her backing out on the stage, looking like shit, covered in blood, looking terrified completely, and and then yeah, the audience gives a standing ovation. Yeah, started by Groundskeeper Willie and the the critic, like from Broadway or whatever, that came to see the play. Yeah, just looks so impressed with her. It's like nothing happened. It was a terrible show. It was brutal. And she did nothing. Nope. Well, she was in a few scenes at the beginning, but then, you yeah. know, had the whole murder thing to deal with. Yeah. And then just looks scared shitless, and that was good enough for the critic guy, I guess. I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, and then it just cuts to they're relaunching the show on Broadway a year later. And she's the star. And there's, like, a brief moment where she freaks out. Because the killer wearing the kabuki mask bursts out of her dressing room mirror, but that turns out to just be all in her mind. And the the very last line of the musical, sung by Camilla's character, is something along the lines of, this is all I've ever wanted, but now I'm forever haunted. Right. And so she is. She's now a Broadway musical star, and she is very scarred for life. Um, so awful. Yeah. It's so awful. So yeah, brother murdered. Twin brother. Twin brother. Yeah, murdered in front of her yeah. by the guy who murdered her mother. Her mother, who was her idol, who she then ended up killing with a skill saw. Yeah. What did you like about this? I I have a couple things that I liked, but I'll, I'll let you start. Well, it's uh okay. What I liked about it, it was like it. I feel like this movie had a lot of different aspects to it mm-hmm. that I, I feel was a, a good thing and a bad thing. So the good thing is it was you know it was part horror. Yeah, and definitely. It did a pretty good job. Yeah, it was gruesome, and I mean I. To be fair, freak out somewhat easily. Um, like I can, I can be grossed out pretty quickly by horror movies, uh, but it legit grossed me out. Oh yeah, no, and some of the kills are are like really super nasty, nasty, right? disgusting, and so. But like in a in a good way, it's it's almost always kind of campy. Yeah, yeah, the first one's pretty brutal, but 
But after that, they kind of get a little tongue in cheek. Well, yeah, especially you know, because of the murderer, the one liners, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, part of it is horror, and it was pretty gross. And then a part of it is definitely comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure, there were there were a lot of laugh out loud moments. Yeah, no, we we laughed a good amount. Yeah, uh, like some of it was cute. You know, the like the singing of the song at the beginning, all the little kids about being who they want to be, being you know. Yeah, that was good. Uh, the the band director. Not knowing what to do. Yes, well, that was the best scene. I think in the movie. my favorite character was the maestro. Yeah. So we there's there's yeah this one he, scene. He, he doesn't do anything in the movie. Yeah, not really, <laughs> but he's he's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh we mentioned a scene earlier where um Camilla gets there late and uh, Artie Mc McDouchebag is is making out with Liz, the other um, contender for the lead role, and so they're making out. And then it cuts to Camilla and her reaction. And then it cuts to them making out on the stage again. And then it cuts to some guy with a beard scratching it somewhat sensually as he watches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing like a like weird time, like sensual just... beard tug. And he was kind of near a piano, I think. Yeah. And, I was well, and like... we had seen him earlier because he was playing the piano during the auditions. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's where he first came in. But yeah. it's just like... Why did it cut to him? Yeah. I don't know. He's the band director. Well, because it was hilarious. It looked so funny. And then, yeah. With, Such a great comedy beat. With, uh, yeah, with the whole conducting thing and the marimbist. Um, not understanding his cues as he's shaking his, yeah. his baton. Oh, that was funny. That was my favorite character. Um, yeah. And then, and then there's a portion of the movie that's, um, you know, the whole, um, like, I don't know how to describe it, the the whole thing with Artie and Camilla, like, having to weigh her, her goals with her... Morals? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I was going to say not putting out to a douchebag, but morals is yeah. more apt. Yeah, and, I mean, there's that whole thing, and I, like, I appreciate the movie in that it made me totally revile that character. Like I was so disgusted. Yeah, yeah. At he's, Artie. he's pretty it's scummy. Like, I was like, yeah, that's well done. You yeah, um, make me feel strong emotions. Good job, movie. And so it had all those different aspects to it, and I feel like individually, I was I was in some way impressed by all of them. But then in a lot of ways, it felt really disjunct. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. There, like it wasn't it, it wasn't all of those things together. It was all of those things separately. It was like, oh, now we're now we're being funny again. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like when when the first one liner goes on, it's like oh shit's about to go down horror style. We've already seen a pretty damn gruesome murder, and then all of a sudden break a leg, and he's all yeah. campy and weird. And I'm like oh is is this is this funny or I'm yeah. Kinda, well, I think like because it's a, a musical, I thought the musical numbers were actually done pretty well. Yeah, most of the most oh, yeah that was the other aspect numbers. I forgot to mention. It's yeah. all also a musical, and they were they were good. They were yeah. good musical numbers. So, like, what you could have done, though, is, like, when he's murdering Artie, have him sing about it. Like, have him, like, do this whole, like, song and dance routine where he's, like, stabbing Artie and, like, you know, smashing his face into the wall or whatever. And just, like, going over, like, all the ways you could kill someone and singing a song about it and have it be... Because then it's funny, it's horror... And it's a musical. It kind of all works together. Because I don't think you could do a serious horror musical. I doubt it. That would never really work, I don't think. 
So, and, and this is kind of evidence of that. It kind of has a real issue balancing tone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, throw in musical numbers while he's, uh, while he's murdering Artie. You could have other musical numbers. Musicals, people are supposed to sing what they're feeling. And that kind of doesn't happen a lot. There's a huge gap in the middle of the movie where there's just no singing. Yeah, except except for like the It's like La La uh, Land. Except for like the play. Yeah. Except for the play. Yeah, they're singing yeah. like the parts in the play, but that's not part of the musical, right? That's mm-hmm. the musical in the musical and that doesn't count because it doesn't they're not singing about themselves. No. So Yeah. That to me was a I did little... I did really like La La Land though. I did. Yeah, but there's like an hour in that movie where no one sings. Yeah, it was very, very little. It kind of opens like a musical, it, and then and then it isn't, quite. and then it isn't for a lot, and then it she sings later, and they they dance a couple times in between. Yeah, there's some dancing, yeah. but no 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 singing. Uh, oh, but, but that does remind me actually of, of just one of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, during yeah. one of the murders, the "Let me help you warm up" shoves the face in the shower, and that's and we cut back to. Like the dun 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 on stage with the funky music, and it cuts back to like the murder happening, and he can hear that music from the stage or whatever, and he's singing along. Oh yeah, yeah. As he's killing her, he's like dun 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 dun. Yeah, that was funny. And oh, one of the clues to who the murderer was that I liked was that Camilla finds the body of her friend in the shower in their dressing room, and then she sees the murder weapon, and it's the top of a tin can. That's been cut into blades and with finger holes. Oh, yeah, like a big tin can, like like like, like an industrial sized thing of tomato sauce. The like you know the ketchup cans you can buy at Costco. Like was spilled um, earlier. Earlier, yeah. yeah and he made movie. a mess, and then Meatloaf had to clean it up. Yeah, that was some foreshadowing. Uh, so and that's kind of one of the hints, like oh, it's it's the brother. He made a weapon out of some can lids. Uh, I liked the, there's a couple references to, uh, other horror movies in here. Like we've talked about the kind of the musical references already, um, where they're referencing Jesus Christ Superstar and Phantom of the Opera and other, a couple other musicals. Uh, but, the there's the Carrie reference, obviously, when, uh, Liz gets the, the bucket of red paint dumped on her. It's very obviously referencing Carrie. And she gets the pig's blood dumped on her at the end. Um, and then just having it said at summer camp kind of makes you think Friday the 13th a little bit. Uh, but there's one uh, kind of subtle reference that I really liked. And that's uh, during one of the montages of the stage getting built. There's this kid with kind of wild curly hair. And he's wearing an apron, a black apron. I think he has a bow tie on. Um, and he just raises this uh, um, skill saw above his head and fires it up. And he's like, Wah! and then brings it down on a, on a two by four and like cuts it down. And it's a total reference to like the end of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre when uh, the girl uh, hops in the back of the truck and is driving away and uh, Leatherface kind of like runs out and like just holds the chainsaw above his head and then like starts dancing like a maniac in the middle of the street waving a chainsaw around. And so... As one does. Yeah, there's a couple cool homages to that. But uh, the other thing is, I wanted more loaf. Yeah, you know, when you... There's not a whole lot of meatloaf, and he doesn't do a whole lot of singing. No, 
He sang... Two. Like one and a half songs. Yeah, yeah, one and a half is an appropriate way to put it. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like he does, he does do a pretty good performance of being like super creepy when he's like, oh yeah, after he's murdered. He, he's the good. He's good in the movie. Yeah, but we just did didn't get enough. Didn't yeah, get enough didn't meatloaf. get enough meatloaf, and they kind of used meatloaf to sell the movie, and I'm sure that's why they cast meatloaf in the movie because they wanted to put you know it's a horror musical starring meatloaf because uh, this movie did not. Did not do well. It made about seven thousand dollars at the box office. Oh, which is brutal. Now, for like a Canadian movie, they don't usually rake in the big bucks at the box office because you know, even in Canada, we don't really play our own movies in theaters. It's not a whole lot of support for that kind of industry. Um, yeah, I do remember this was playing. At the town cinema here in our local local town for like a week, and I was like, "Oh, I should go see that that horror musical," and I never did. Um, yeah, but yeah, seven thousand. I don't know what it cost to make. I couldn't find uh, any info on the budget, but I'm sure it cost more than seven thousand dollars. Must have. I'm sure they paid Meatloaf more than seven thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. to be in there. So, yeah, uh, not not a winner. Uh, financially nope uh or critically i don't think um yeah i i don't know i uh, i keep going back and forth on how i feel about this movie because like there's definitely parts of it that i think are you know good like the music is good the comedy is good the gore is good yeah all of it's good it just doesn't all come together. Yeah, like you, we we can think of these parts. Like we've talked about these parts, right? Yeah. Um, but how, when you think back to having watched the movie, and it's hard to even just put them in order. It's hard to to mm-hmm. fit the pieces together, having just watched the movie recently, and and think of the movie as a whole. Like we break it down into these parts, and we're like, these are the things we like about it. But ultimately, it's it has no flow. Right? Yeah, there's, no. There's no cohesion to the different elements. Not really. I I would like a more straight up musical. Like, you kind of get a musical number every ten, fifteen minutes, kind of thing. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, and you could do yeah the funny song about how the killer likes to murder people in different ways, and about how he likes to say hilarious one-liners and you could you know you could have that song you could have the soft ballad about a girl wanting to be a star and impress her mother and you could have more you know big group numbers about uh getting you know rehearsing for the musical and all that kind of stuff and you could have Artie sing a weird creepy song about how you should blow your way to the top i don't you know yeah that, it's there was ah yeah there was just so much potential there's so much potential there and yeah there wasn't enough music there wasn't enough i just feel like maybe there wasn't even enough dialogue i remember we were like an hour 20 into the movie um yeah it was just before the show must go on song already had just been killed and camilla and her twin brother are off somewhere on a dock um, oh yeah, trying then, to get over the shock, and Camilla's like sharing her feelings. 
with her twin brother. Yeah. And I think she's never done that in this movie. And yeah, this yeah. is the most she's ever spoken. It was. It was like the most dialogue she'd ever had. And it was like four lines. Yeah. And I was like, wow, she's talking. This feels strange. Yeah. It's super weird. <sighs> yeah. It's like, it's like everything that happened was, was like plot device to motivate characters. But then we didn't. There wasn't a whole lot of development for those characters. Yeah. Uh, it left a lot to be desired. And ultimately, it wasn't even, like, that entertaining. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, there were parts, right? There yeah. were parts that were great. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we'd go, like, 10, 15 minutes silently letting it happen to us. I mean, we were just trying to... The most entertaining part, I think, was just trying to figure out who the killer was going to be. And yeah, it was nice that we had to had to keep guessing for a while. We kept going around and around, but we always kept circling back around to the brother. Yeah. And that's that's who it was. But it can't even, like... There's not even a lot of jokes I can make about the movie. Like, sometimes hilarious stuff happens in movies, and we can, you know, like... laugh about how bad it was. There was nothing in there where it's like, that was so bad, it was funny. I didn't really have anything. Yeah, no. Like there was there wasn't there wasn't a craptacular element in no, this movie. No. Definitely not. Uh, do you want to take a shot at guessing Rotten Tomatoes? It's got to be pretty damn bad. Like Yeah. Not not great. You know, I'm terrible at guessing these numbers, but I'm going to throw out 27. Ooh. You got that's what the audience gave it. Oh, well yeah. hey. Audience said 27. Critics said 35. Oh, okay. Thirty-five percent. Which uh, is there might be a good bad. there might be a good movie fun. to be made for mashing up the slasher and musical genres, but unfortunately, stage fright isn't quite it. I think we quite aptly expressed that ourselves. Yeah, isn't quite it. It's not. It's just it. Good way of putting it. Yeah, it lacks a little bit of everything, and you could probably make a lot better one. Yeah. So, that's too bad. I assume we're both going to give it the same rating. Yeah. 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 It's one big pile of shit. That is one big pile of shit. Absolutely. It's it's not bad enough to be funny, and it's not good enough to be good, and it just sits in this really awkward... Lukewarm. Yeah. Bile. Yeah. Meatloaf sweat. Just. Ugh. Ugh. It's, yeah. Yeah. If you do want to watch it, you will be entertained at times, and then you will likely wish for your time back. Yeah. And you'll be like, man, I wish that someone would make a better slasher musical. Mm. That's what I wish. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, you could make uh, a whole lot of. Like a real fun movie off this concept, but it's just kind of a turd. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing. Which is unfortunate. Uh, but if, you, if you've listened to this, then you know what all the good parts were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See if you can find them on YouTube. I'm sure there's some some clips on YouTube. It's like all the best parts or, you know. Yeah, and like, you can yeah. look up the various kills or the something. The actual like that. actual musical numbers, pretty enjoyable, pretty humorous. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. So don't uh, don't go out of your way 
to see this one. Yeah, it does not make the craptacular list. This is how we celebrate our nation's birthday. By watching this piece of junk. Oh, well. Better look next year. We're going to go with something a lot more retro. Uh, you know, I don't really like to do movies that were made within the last 10 years, really. And this is a 2014 movie, but I thought it kind of fit what we do here really well. But we're going to go back to the 80s next month. We are going to watch uh, BMX Bandits. Yes. Which is a so excited. Nicole Kidman's first movie, I believe, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Australia. She and a gang of BMX riding teenagers raise hell in uh, some Australian town. I don't know. Probably Melbourne. They all take place in Melbourne. This is very likely. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that one. I got I got some oh, yeah. some high hopes for that. Good. Yeah. Me too. Never seen it. Uh, I know Quentin Tarantino said that it, uh, aside from the hours, it's his favorite Nicole Kidman performance. <laughs> but... Tarantino's a weirdo. It's, we shouldn't really trust his opinion on anything, well, I don't think. That is a fair point. Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Still looking forward to it, though. Oh, yeah. Super excited for that. Uh, so stick around, uh, you know, here for, uh, for when we talk about that one. And uh, until next time, you can reach us uh, at RetroCrapPod on Twitter and at gmail.com. You can listen to us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe and uh, rate and review if you uh, have time to give us a uh, just a quick rating and uh, leave a tiny review. Uh, really helps us out a lot. We also have a YouTube channel, The Retro Craptacular. All the episodes are available on there if you prefer to listen on YouTube or on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Retro Craptacular. Just search it on uh, any of those and uh, we're... Readily available anywhere you want to listen to your podcasts. Uh, so yeah, uh, let us know if you watch this movie. Send us a tweet, leave a leave a comment on on YouTube or whatever, and let us know. Send us an email. Let us know what you thought about it. Uh, and until next time, keep watching crap. <laughs>